thinking about how to introduce myself or introduce this this podcast and I think what I wanted to do first was just take about a minute to start um, in a meditation together if that's something you want to engage in and just really creating the space to for me to speak from a place that feels authentic and um, for you to receive this in a way that feels authentic to you. So if this is something you're wanting to follow along with, just finding yourself in a comfortable seat. Just rolling the shoulders back, feeling the sit bones down on the floor or the cushion or wherever you're seated. And closing down the eyes. Feeling the shoulder blades fall away from the ears. Finding a little bit of length in the neck and the spine. Feeling the eyes get soft and heavy. The eyebrows fall apart. Just taking a moment to move the jaw side to side a few times. The tongue falls away from the roof of the mouth. Starting to allow the belly to relax. Deepening the breath. When you're ready, starting to inhale for a count of three. Opening up the mouth to exhale for a count of three. Inhaling for a count of three. Exhaling for a count of three. And just finding that twice more on your own. And then when you're ready, starting to open up the eyes. Coming back to a breath that's comfortable. And I think that it's really important for me to, to take that time to ground myself, especially taking up so much space um, with my voice. You know, I really want to be careful with the words I choose and engage with um, on this platform. And just really recognizing that with so much space for for me to speak and to speak freely I will I will make mistakes and I will say the wrong thing and and hopefully this can be um, this can be a platform for growth and sometimes that will come as as um, just full apologies and I know that there will be a lot for me to take away and think over um, about how I present my words and I think that um, sorry, <laughs> I just sneeze there. Um, definitely takes away from the meditative atmosphere, but I, yeah, just thought that it was really important for me to, to start this space openly with a meditation because, um, 
I think it's important to acknowledge that there's so many different ways to express and that doesn't doesn't always come in the form of, of words or writing and um, it can just be breathing or silence or space and that um, we often have this idea of expression as such a, a straightforward linear spoken word um, but I really want to open up this space to include so much more than that and um, not totally sure how to do that in a mostly um, audio recording but I think that's definitely something um, that I'll continue to think about. So yeah, I just wanted to say again, thank you for, for joining me here in this space and taking this time. Um, and because this is mostly an introduction, I think I'll go through a bit of, um, a bit more of some ground, ground rules <laughs> than I usually would. Um, but yeah, just really a reminder that um, there's no obligation to take take any of my words to heart and um, I'll try my best to speak from my experiences and um, I'm always open to to any form of feedback um, about how my words are finding you or how I'm how I'm opening up a space because I think that um, taking time to share my words is also a really um, could definitely be harmful in some ways and I think that um, I have to be ready to receive the growth as well when I'm when I'm sharing myself in this way um, and yeah I just really want to start with that uh, disclaimer and I've just got my tea here with me so hopefully you're comfortable as well and um, yeah so today I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about um, my experience with with spirituality and um, more so the mistakes that I've made and I think that um, yeah the mistakes that I've made throughout I guess this journey have been a huge part of my growth and something um, I feel like it's important to share and so just to start off with a little bit of background on myself I'm currently I currently teach yoga and um, I'm pretty careful in the way that I talk about that and that I don't um, designate myself as a yoga teacher um, because nobody has, I think it's for somebody else to, to call me their teacher, um, but I don't think something that I can assume on my own and definitely something I don't feel like I'm at that place yet where I feel like I really embody this practice or anyone has allowed me to really share this practice. Um, so about three or four years ago, um, I entered into the space of yoga when I was just um, leaving my, my time in dance as a competitive dancer and I think that in dance I had such a deep sense of purpose and it really it became my coping mechanism and whenever I had anything to deal with um, on an emotional level I would just go to dance and I would exercise for five plus hours and it would go away and in that way in my in my childhood and later um, teenage years, I really didn't understand um, 
the idea of, of like mental health and something I came to know pretty intimately in later years. And after leaving dance, I transitioned pretty quickly into yoga and um, in a very physical way. And I think that I was really trying to find what I had found in dance in another physical practice. Um, so I challenged or I channeled a lot of that energy into a yoga practice where I was practicing five or six times a day or a week, not a day. Oh my. <laughs> and, um, yeah. And for me, it was a lot, I think I took the same mentality I had in dance straight into my yoga practice where it was a lot about my physical body. It was a lot about my appearance. Um, and at the time I had absolutely no understanding of the space being appropriative or the implications of me entering into a practice that does not originate from my culture. And I think that, um, the way that this practice is taught often doesn't challenge people to recognize how they situate within that space and who this practice is coming from, who and how to be accepted there. And um, a few years later, I, I did my yoga teacher training and still really not having a critical understanding of what it means to engage in a practice that doesn't originate from from my, my cultural heritage. And um, I think that my yoga teacher training was, it was a very transformative experience for me in that it took me away from a very physical practice and started to introduce me to what... Um, what this practice meant on the level of the mind and that came at a very um almost timely space in my life where i was really starting to struggle with my mental health and that i had i had left dance i had left home to go to university and then i had i had switched universities moved across the country and and definitely had lost that sense of purpose in a big big way and i think i was just at the brink of that that area of starting to grow up and realizing the things that don't matter anymore when you when you leave high school and um yeah not getting the validation in the ways that I had known through through grades through parents through even social media in some ways and having this spiritual space opened up to me I like I ran for it I was like seeking refuge in that and um with no, with no cautionary tales in my mind, um, yeah, and, and very soon after my teacher training, I started, um, I started teaching classes and, and sharing this practice, and I think that there was a lot of learning in that, and, there are just so many mistakes that I made that I now look back on um, 
first with shame, and I think shame is a really important feeling, um, and then with humility for the lesson that I've learned from growing from those experiences and learning not to be debilitated by them and that, yeah, and I'll get into, I'll get into that a little bit more later. Um, but yeah, so while I was still, still teaching, um, I started, um, in the program of Indigenous Studies at, at UVic and I think at that time as well, when I was just entering into the program, um, I was also really struggling with my mental health and really seeking almost like solace and like seeking for something to, to save me. And um, I think made it a very, um, unsafe way for me to enter into a program where um, I needed to decenter myself and yeah and I feel like there's a lot of um, interlocking lines and and stories that I'm going to try and get into but it is quite quite complex and um, I, I'll try and do my best in moving around these ideas in a way that feels continuous but um, yeah, so when I was just starting out in the program, I feel like was when I was first starting to, to delve into this, this new age spirituality. And, um, I would go to a lot of these events where I was seeing people in express in a way that I, that I hadn't before, where they were just like openly crying or telling their stories and like sharing really vulnerable things. And I think at the time I was just really craving closeness and entering into these environments I felt that closeness and um, that felt like something I needed and I was really drawn to that um, and in that way I kind of could have engaged in anything um, whether it was tarot pulling or or using crystals or drinking cacao and um, yeah, I like really dove into those things and I feel like it was a really strange and interesting experience, um, because like, let's say I'd had a tarot card pulled for me. Um, I feel like it didn't really matter what it said, but if it said something vulnerable in any way, I would connect to it deeply and take that as an opportunity almost to like spill myself and to really open up about all my experiences um, in this really unguided way where it was just, I was taking these um, symbols from all of these different cultures and really just using it as a way to find closeness in my, in my friendships and in my relationships. And having pretty little understanding of the repercussions of that and um, and what that really means. And I think that, um, through that in this kind of like new age space where people are exploring with just about everything, um, I started to go into this idea of like self-love and, and self-acceptance and, um, yeah, the lessons are 
really nuanced in that space, but also, um, for me, some of them were pretty problematic and just this idea that I am, and I'm going to be careful about how I say this, but I am worthy of, of the world, um, without understanding the reality we live in and, um, how my privilege affects what the outer world sees me as worthy, worthy of. And, um, in that way I started, I was like, okay, maybe I need to work on this, this framework of self-love and really try and prioritize myself and started to cut out some of my really major relationships, um, that were, that had been problematic in some ways, but were also really, really important to me. Um, and a lot of that was in my family and definitely caused a lot of pain to a lot of people from this idea of everything in my life has to be aligned and everyone has to think the same way as I do and honor the same energy that I do. And a lot of people in my life didn't think that way. And, um, I think that now I look back on that and I'm like, oh my God, I had it so wrong. And that so much of self-love is treating the people around me with love and acting with love. Um, and that how self-love had been advertised to me by the media and Instagram and all these platforms was a lot about um, a very like physical material ego love where it's that really glorifies instant pleasure and gratification and um, external ex appearance where it was like oh I see I want a coffee, I'll buy a coffee. I want a shirt, I'll buy a shirt. I want a bath bomb, I'll buy a bath bomb. I deserve it. I love myself. And um, those practices are things that now I integrate in a way that are meaningful for me. But I realize that those aren't the things that feed me on a soul level. And that self-love needs to go so many layers deeper than that. Um, than buying myself a shirt that makes me feel good and keeps me trapped in a consumer cycle. Um, and I think each one of these things can be a separate conversation. I feel like it's, it's a lot to bring all of this up in one space, so I'm going to try and um, I definitely will delve into these concepts individually. Um, but just not to take any of these things at face value and understanding that they all require questioning. They all require um, further understanding of your own and what these things mean to you. Um, but yeah, so as I, as I started to dive in the, into these practices and very much in the depths of, of starting to deal with a depression of sorts where I was dealing with really intense feelings um, of pain in my body that I was trying to relieve and yeah coming back to these these metaphysical practices where I was kind of letting that go in the space of t 
tarot readings or, or crystal or cacao or any of these practices. Um, and then on the other side of that, in my education, starting to learn about the really horrific history of the country that I grew up in and the history of my ancestors and my history and my relationship to place. Um, this has been a huge transformative experience for me. And as I start to talk about this, I, I really wish I had all of the words to say everything I want to say, and, and I don't. Um, and that's why I really wanted to take that time at the beginning um, of this episode to, to talk about um, the mistakes I'm going to make because I'm learning and um, and I'm, I'm pretty scared to, to talk about all this stuff but I know that this has been really important to me and I think that there are a lot of gaps in, in some of the, the new spiritual communities and this stuff needs to be talked about. Um, but yeah, I started to be pushed to really consider, um, my relationship to place. And the first time I really had to consider what it means to live in a white body, what it means to live in a settler body and, um, a female body to consider sexuality, positionality, um, and how these things had been conditioned in me. Um, and I think most importantly, the pain that I cause on this landscape as an uninvited settler on indigenous lands. Um, and the lessons I've learned, I can't, I can't summarize in, in this podcast, let alone 10 podcasts. It's been so deeply transformational and that there isn't enough space in words for me to explain that. Um, but I think that through all of this learning, I, um, I started to think a lot more critically and at first that was only in the academic space of being, starting to question colonial structures and, um, systems of governance, who's being represented, who's not, and most importantly, deconstructing myself and my reactions and, um, my influence. And soon enough that started to leak over into the spiritual practices in which I was engaged and, and my yoga teaching where I would um, show up and see my friends drinking cacao and we're not acknowledging these practices, we're not acknowledging whose practices they are, let alone the fact that people that look like us have stolen lands and practices and appropriated some of these things so deeply and now we're taking this thing from this culture and calling it ours and using it for our healing um and that lays over to just about everything and looking at the way I was 
teaching yoga a practice and having no understanding that this was a practice that I literally transposed from another culture with no understanding of their history, no understanding of um, how my lineage relates to that history and just fully taking it and accepting it as my own. Um, and really understanding that that's something that colonial Western society needs to reproduce itself. It needs for settlers not to question. It needs for them to keep taking, to keep thinking that everything is theirs, um, and to keep being ignorant and, and blind in a lot of ways. And, um, and I was, and, and I really was in that space. And then I think I look at how I then started relating to the idea of self-love where it was like, I saw myself of worthy of, I'm worthy of everything. I'm worthy of this, um, economic prosperity and having no understanding that how the society, um, is built to benefit white people from economically stable homes like me and not looking around and seeing the people who are suppressed within this structure and I think that that really started getting clear to me when I was when I would find a lot of my spiritual connection in um, in nature and there was a time where I would I would go in nature, I'd take my shoes off and I'd be, I'd stand and, and try and meditate and feel my oneness with my surroundings. And I really thought that I, that I felt that. And looking back on that, I, I see my settler body sitting on indigenous lands, closing my eyes and just picturing, um, and just seeing the ignorance of that because there wasn't oneness with my environment. I, I had no idea whose lands they were. I had no idea what they'd been through. I had no idea what my ancestors had done to them, the genocide that happened on them, um, the appropriation, the, the, the languages, the histories that are represented on the lands, so many of these things. And I, I see that image and I, I'm like, whoa, she had a lot to learn and still does. And um, I think when these histories started getting a lot clearer to me and I started waking up and, and opening my eyes and being a lot more critical with my understanding of, of politics and history and, and positionality um, in the context of my spirituality, um, I moved away from that completely and, and set it aside and I kind of closed myself down to, to spirituality and and I it was something that I absolutely needed to do. I um, had a lot of time to spend on the level of the mind and I think that became a really important time for me. Um, and I was still struggling with, with my feelings of, of depression and sadness and, and being lost and no purpose and all of these things. And, um, 
and yeah, really, really was still struggling and learning, um, learning all of these histories and, and slowly, um, as I was unraveling my ancestry and my, the influence of myself as a settler, um, getting a bit deeper into my depression of, of the pain that I've caused in my lifetime. And, um, yeah, I want to put a lot of space around these words because I, I'm going to learn so much from the way I've articulated this and, um, I just hope this is all taken critically and, um, yeah. And so as I, as I kind of closed down my spirituality, I really did. I learned a lot more about, um, about the world and specifically in my indigenous studies program, I learned that like, holy shit, this is not about me. Um, or that this space is not about my problems, that this is about me. This is about my ancestry, my history. Um, but this is not a space where I get to bring my shit. And um, that I needed to learn how to listen. I needed to learn um, what humility looks like. And I'm still learning. That's not a finished process in the slightest. <laughs> um, and I needed to, it was almost like a feeling in my body of feeling myself soften and being like, having a little ego death and being like this space, I don't know anything in. And I am here to listen and I'm here to maybe one day be of service. Um, but I have a lot to learn. And I think that that's a lot different than I've been in other spaces and I've always been a pretty vocal person and um, people have often given a lot of space for the stuff that I've had to say and um, seeing now that a lot of spaces around me require my silence and they don't need my words and like they don't need they don't need my thoughts because um, it's not about me and um, I think that learning right there was has been just like this huge part of my spiritual growth and yeah so then then um quarantine happened and covid covid came around and there was a lot more there was a lot more space there was a lot more time and i started to feel that like spiritual depth in me feel that craving again for for some sort of connection um some sort of peace and um, yeah, I think at the time too, I was, sorry, I'm just going to grab a sip of my tea. <laughs> mm. At the time too, I was really, um, in a space of like running away from all my problems or, or just running. And I don't even know if it was from my problems, but I could not sit in the present moment. My, my brain was at like the next step, the next thing planning the next next trip um and then the world just like stopped and it was like I hit this wall of like you can't go anywhere you can't run <laughs> and um I think that was just like a huge 
wake-up call for me and I started sitting down to meditate and to do yoga and to sit with uncomfortable feelings and to sit with my depression and I don't want to glorify any of this of like this is when I started to feel good because like it's a process every single day and emotions are fluid and life is fluid and it's just yeah um but I think in that time really started to feel that I was like craving that connection again um but craving it in a new way that was culturally informed and um yeah and also understanding that I'm never fully going to be not causing harm in, in my yoga practice or in any other practice I do and that's something that I I need to understand when I start engaging in these things and that I need to be critical um, in every space that I'm engaged in um, and I think too one thing I started really considering was this idea of like oh my oneness with nature um, and when I introduced the idea earlier of me like meditating in nature and and sensing this false illusion of oneness on um, indigenous territories that I that I had been that I and my my ancestors had caused harm on um, really just the ignorance and that and I think during quarantine is really the first time I started sitting down and being like okay you need to feel this in a new way and that oneness with nature isn't peace or or purity necessarily but if I can find oneness in that feeling of of understanding of what has happened to these lands the implications of my being here that's a complex relationship and that is so much closer to oneness than the illusion of ignorance I was bringing into that relationship before. Um, and now I sit down and I'm, I'm not sitting on top of nature and being like, I am coming here to feel oneness with nature. I sit down and I'm able to listen. Um, and I'm able to introduce myself a little bit better. And as I start sinking into my meditation, I can I can feel so many feelings. I feel the pain, I feel shame. I feel, um, and I ask to be there hopefully with humility now and that's, and that's something that re that's really different and that's, that's really a lot more authentic and I think that if I, I don't even know what I mean when I say spirituality, but if I'm trying to connect to something, um, that's how I want to do it. I want to do it from a way that's informed and that takes time on the level of the mind, that takes time pulling up history books and and looking and checking your privilege checking who you are and where you come from and what you look like and all of these things because um if we don't spend time there we're we're ignorant and I think that it's that's um It's really important to acknowledge that this is the physical plane that we live on and if we just bypass that to try and reach some spiritual plane we completely ignore the fact 
that we're still reaching that spiritual plane through our bodies, through this material reality. Um, and we're never, we can't escape that. And um, I feel like now that's just a narrative that I'm not willing to endorse and I'm not willing to um, promote. Um, and I think that the reason I feel so strongly about speaking about this now is that I think in, um, in a lot of like the yoga community, um, there are some really problematic narratives happening. And I think that I know for me that spirituality and connection is going to be a huge part of my life. Um, but I see all the mistakes that I made and I see the harm that I've caused and those are going to take some lifelong apologies and that's how I'm going to have to move forward. But I think that, um, collectively we can do better and we can do better in the way that we're, we're teaching one another to connect to ourselves and connect to, to greater energies and really just breaking down this idea that, that, um, having a critical understanding and a spiritual connection are not intertwined because these things are absolutely intertwined. They're so interconnected and um, so interdependent. And I think for me, it is only through my critical understanding of, of politics, my surrounding and myself that I can actually understand my environment and I can actually understand um, the implication of, of what's happened to the trees, what's happened to the earth, what's happened to the people around me. And, and that is a true connection. That is a, there is purity in that connection. But I think in the spiritual community, there's this really um, glorified idea of, of, of purity as light and um, good feelings and happiness and really this idealizes this one um, notion of like person meditating on the beach with the waves washing past them and um, that is really one element and a very attractive element of spirituality that I think pulls a lot of people to it um, but I think it's really important to look at that and be like who is this person sitting on the beach what do they look like? What do they represent? Um, where is this beach? How are they connected to that place? What are they doing with their eyes closed? What teaching are they connecting to? Who taught them that teaching? What are they embodying? And there's so much more to that to break down. And I think that um, it's really important to understand too that, that ignorance and spirituality can go pretty naturally together if we're not careful. And I really saw that. And I think that being in such a vulnerable place emotionally, I lost all critical view and just like catapulted into the most problematic spaces. Um, and now grounding myself here, I'm like, I'm ready for the learning. I'm ready to start understanding what all of these things mean. And I, I, I know I've introduced so much in this, this what, like 40 minutes. And I don't think that, and I know that I need to dive into each of these things separately, but hopefully 
um, that's something that we can do here and do together. And, um, yeah, I feel like that's feeling complete for me now in the moment. Um, and yeah, I hope I, I end this podcast with hoping that you as a listener understand that I am so scared to put these words out there and, um, yeah, just to take up what, like 40 minutes of space, um, for my voice and understanding that my voice is a white female voice and that's highly represented in our society, but, um, I hope that I'll be able to dive a little bit deeper into that here and, um, think more deeply about that. And yeah, and I'm also just really grateful to be able to, to talk about these experiences and, and share and, I know that I, I want to be able to share what I've been through because I, I've, I've learned a lot. And, um, if there's anything in that, that feels useful, like I want to, <laughs> I want to give that out. And yeah, so I think, I think that, that this is, this is the end here probably for today, but, um, yeah, please let me know if there's anything that, that you want to hear more about or have me dive a little bit deeper into or explain a little bit. I know it's probably just like a jumble of words in a lot of ways. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so I think we'll just close down with like a few, a few more breaths and, um, you have, if you've been, been listening to this well, while doing your chores or cleaning up, just like taking a seat now, <laughs> if you have the time. Um, we'll just leave this through a bit of a closing meditation. And so just centering yourself now, taking a seat that's comfortable. And just starting to take a few breaths. Lengthening the inhale and the exhale. Closing down the eyes. And just starting to notice the sounds around you. Starting to feel the body relax without just noticing the breath. you're able to continue on on your day from that place of grounding and from that center and yeah I thank you guys again for joining me um, in this space and hopefully I'll see you again soon thank you